we would like to welcome you to our weekly broadcast of Harvest Worship Center's Sunday morning celebration service. We hope and pray that you will receive something from the Lord today. And we ask you to stay tuned at the end of the message for more information concerning our church. Again, thank you for joining us today. Well, let's give the Lord one more big praise as we're being seated this morning. One more praise of thank you and thanksgiving. Amen. You may be seated. God is so good. God is so good. If you got your Bibles this morning, turn with me to Jeremiah, the 29th chapter. And we're going to begin with about verse 4 in just a moment. And we're going to go through uh, about verse 14, about 10 verses we're going to cover today. But um, I want to talk to you again. We're, we're proceeding in our question series and um, probably going to leave this for a little bit. Uh, next week, we're going to go into something a little bit different. But as we leave this series, we're, uh, I want you to understand this is one we'll pick back up periodically. Uh, we'll bring another question. And so uh, unless the Lord changes my direction, this is, this is going to be where we're going to leave off for now in the question series. And the question I'm asking this morning, does God have a plan for your life? Does God have a plan? Um, and again, our minds go to some very familiar verses of Scripture, but today um, I'm, my job is to totally dismantle uh, Jeremiah 29:11 in your mind because it is taken so far out of context by so many people. Um, it's stamped on cups and T-shirts, and, and that's my life verse, and you don't even, a lot of people, well, I'm not saying everybody here, but a lot of people don't even realize what it says because we don't bother to read anything but that verse and we don't realize the context in which that verse was written was during one of the most difficult hardships that the nation of Israel was undergoing. Um, they were, this was not something that they were just skipping rope around <laughs> saying, oh, wow, God's got a plan for us. This was a declaration of assurance that would not be seen in, into fruition for many years later. In other words, they, they were given this word during a very difficult time. We're going to get to that in just a moment. But going through some, something difficult, does God use it? Does God have great plans for me? And, and again, there's a lot of people who will declare God has great plans for them, but then at the drop of a hat, they, uh, they literally do a total turnaround, and when something bad comes their way, they fall apart. They fall apart, everything's bad, everything's horrible, um, and look, we have got to find some consistency in our walk with God if we're going to move forward to revival. We have got to find a consistency in our way of thinking if we're going to go forward with God in our relationship. And there is too many people, we're back and forth and we're falling back into the same old junk and the same old thinking and God is ready to deliver us, amen? How, I, I, do you believe that this morning? God is ready to deliver us in our minds this morning that we're going to think differently. We need to think differently. The Bible says, however, so, however a man thinks in his heart, he says, so he'll be. In other words, if you think certain things about yourself, you're going to work real hard to make sure you're that way. And you may not realize you're working that way, but you do. And in other words, what we think, what we conceive, we are, we become. And in other words, God says, you, your perception of you does matter. And look, we have to have a strong biblical perception of who we are in Christ. 
God has a purpose and a plan for you. His plans are sure and true and faithful. This does not mean that you will never experience problems or trials in life, but you do have, you do have an eternal future in Christ. Spiritually speaking, I have an eternal future. That does not mean that there won't be things that contradict that future in my life, that things that come up. Guess what? It is the devil's job to contradict God's positive word in your life. So when God speaks a word into your life, the enemy is going to do everything he can to say opposite of that. And, and, and the sad truth is there's a lot of people that believe, oh yeah, well, I, I must have not heard God correctly because this is, this is the facts are this stuff wouldn't be happening if I was really supposed to do this or I was really supposed to go this direction. It is the enemy's job to contradict the, the Lord's word in your life. So when God has spoken to you and God has spoken a word into your life, you know, I, I want you to assure you today that he is faithful and true to fulfill what he says. And it may not be as quickly as you like. It may not be as soon as you like. Uh, there are things in my life I am still waiting on God to bring to pass that he spoke to me when I was a young man, a very, very young man. And I believe he is faithful. Now, there have been circumstances that have totally contradicted that in my life, but God is faithful. That's where that word faith comes in. We've got to hold on to what he's saying. God's plan for you is to prosper and to grow you spiritually. In Christ, it, it, the, the, every situation is a way of growth. It's a way that God uses us to grow. God's plans for you are sure. Now, that's one thing you need to take home with you today. A take home with you is God's plans for you are sure. He is not changing his mind. He's not wishy-washy. All right. Now, how many of you have ever had somebody say, well, I'm planning on doing this and this, and I'd like for you to be involved in that, and next thing you know, you see them, and oh, no, no, we're going a whole different direction. God has a plan for your life, and he is sure of his plan. He's not wishy-washy about it. He's not second-guessing himself. He's not looked, God the Father's not looking over at Jesus and saying, I can't believe you suggested this guy for that job. No, there's a purpose that God, God has, and, and he's sure of his plan. God's plans for you are great. Can, and uh, You say, why is that even in there? That's a given. No, it's not. There's so many people that, that believe that their life is, is a life. God's plan for them is to suffer and to just get through life barely by the skin of their and crawl to the gates of heaven one day. I've got news for you. My God is a great God, and he is a great father, and he has great plans for your life great plans for your life. What plans have you made? Are they going as you planned? <laughs> we should consider our plans in the light of God's plans. And this is where a lot of us get messed up. We want God to rubber stamp his approval on my plan. I've got my plan. This is what I want. This is, this is the career I want. This is the school I want. This is who I want to marry. This is who I, I want to date. This is blah, blah, blah. Fill in the blank. We make a plan and we're like, God, oh, Lord, put your approval. Lord, if I walk out tomorrow and there's, uh, the sun is up, I'll know you're approving of this. No, God does not operate that way. God does not. The, he, he says, look, you can make your plans. And he, what does he say about our plans? He says, there's a way that seems right to man, but in the end, it leads to death. In other words, he's saying, your plans must align with my plans for your life. And I'm here to tell you this morning, his plans are sure and his plans are great. They're great. Now, God's plans for you are sure and true and faithful. You can trust in his plan. We all make plans in life regarding our future, don't we? Anybody making plans about their future? 
I'll just say this. What are you having for lunch? You made plans for that? I don't think that far ahead. You know, some of you have been planning lunch since supper last night. Because he's like, I don't know if I'll get breakfast, so I'm going to plan lunch. Amen. You ever been, have you ever been around a planner? Come on, somebody that's obsessed with planning? I would never name Stephanie Jenkins' name in a million years. I would never call her out like that, but somebody obsessed with a plan. <laughs> Last night we had a couple's thing, and it was out of her element, and she was walking around, and she kept going, this is out of my element. And I'm like, okay, just trust us. We, we got it. But there was no plan. There was, but it was, you know, you know how men plan. Okay, enough said. Enough said. It's like, well, we're going to eat. That's the plan. How we get there, well, we'll find out. People work all they can to fulfill God's plan. We become influenced by people, circumstances, and opportunity. I'm going to tell you, some of us are being destroyed by trying to keep up with somebody else. Some of us are being destroyed by comparing ourselves one to another. And the, the Bible warns us of that behavior. It says, do not compare yourselves to one to another as the world does. In other words, quit trying to keep pace with people. Because I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of people that are in so much trouble uh, in their lives because they have tried to keep pace with somebody else. I'm here to tell you a long time ago, I realized that God has a plan for people's lives that's not like my plan, and my plan may be different. God is going to use you in ways he is not going to use somebody else, and I'm going to tell you, you're going to be miserable till you get comfortable with that. Till you get comfortable in the fact that God uses us all as he seems fit to use us, and there's a lot of people frustrated, angry, upset, and they're worried because they're not being used in ways that this one's being used or that one's being used. I've got news for you. God has a plan for you, and it's great. Oh, my goodness. It's great. We all make choices both good and bad. They can influence whether we succeed or with our plans or we, or we don't. I must note that, that, that however, those plans that we make are, have to be based upon uh, the fact that we have limited knowledge of our future. You and I have limited knowledge of our future. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't really know what the next minute holds. But I'm here to tell you there's such relief when you realize who does. And we can make our plans, but our plans are always, as children of God, subject to be altered and changed by the hand of God. Why? His plan hasn't changed. And he's saying, if your plan ain't matching up to it, I'm going to align you with my plan. And we're fixing to get into the story of a group of people who had plans that were altered because their plans did not line up with God's plan. Jeremiah 29, beginning with the fourth verse, says this. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiled whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Now, I want to, I want to stop right there with that verse, and I want to point out a few things to you. The children of Israel were in their homeland, and they were comfortable. They had gotten so comfortable that they had allowed themselves 
themselves to be turned over to an evil spirit, evil spirits actually. They begin to worship idols. They begin to pray to other gods. They begin to make alliances with people that God said you don't make alliances with. And so God speaks and says, I'm going to cause a great judgment to come upon Israel. There's going to be the, uh, a, a great dis- disruption in the fact that I'm going to send the Babylonians and they will conquer you and they will enslave you and carry you off and scatter you throughout the Babylonian Empire. So Babylon, the Babylonian Empire invades Israel and they take the people captive and the way that the Babylonian Empire succeeded is they took you from your homeland and they assimilated you into their culture and their ways and that way they could uh, conquer you. You're not going to rebel because you're part of them. And so this had happened and this is where we pick up with the prophet Jeremiah because he's saying, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all that were all the exiled whom I sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. So in other words, God is saying to the, the people of Israel, is you think the Babylonians were the cause of this. I'm telling you, I am the cause of this. I sent you into exile because I've got a purpose and a plan for your life and you have strayed from the purpose and the plan for your lives. And so I've got to realign you with my plan. I want you to know this morning, there's a lot of us that get upset when things go bad in our life, but there is a, you know, and somebody says, well, God would never do that to me. God will not do anything to you to cause harm. His ultimate purpose is to bring about you aligning your life with the, with the plan he has for you so that you can prosper and you can be everything that he has made you to be. I'm here to tell you, don't you want to be able to do everything God wants you to do? Don't you want your life to align with his perfect will? Sometimes God has to realign us. That brings me to, my, to one of the most hated commercials that is out right now. Alignment. Yeah, you know, anybody seen that guy? I hate that. I don't like him. Praying for him. Amen. God aligns us with his plan. Verse 5, build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. But seek, the, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in, in its welfare, you will find your welfare. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets and your, your diviners uh, who are among you deceive you and do not listen to their dreams to their dreams for it is a lie and that they are prophesying in uh, to you in my name i did not send them declares the lord for thus says the Lord, when 70 years are complete from Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans uh, for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. Let's stop right there because there's some things we need to take note of in the scripture this morning. Number one, God was responsible for the exile. God was responsible. Why? Because their lives, their plans had strayed from his plan. So God allowed things to come about that would realign them with his plan. Now, number two, God is going to take his time in the realignment process. 
Amen? How many, you know, I am sure the moment some of them got, uh, you know, were placed in the different cities throughout the Babylonian Empire, they began to say, oh God, you know, we repent. We're sorry for what we've done. I've got news for you. God can tell the difference between jailhouse redemption and true repentance. He can he sees through the smoke screen. He sees through our, he's like, no, you, you got to understand something. I am the cause of your exile, but I want you to do something while you're in this place that is away from my perfect will. I want you to have families. I want you to build houses. I want you to plant gardens. I want you to eat of the bounty of that garden. I want your lives to prosper in exile. Why? Because I don't want my nation to decrease in number. I want it to increase. And when 70 years has passed and you have truly learned every lesson that I want you to learn in this exile, I'm going to bring you back to this place. I'm going to bring you back to a place where I can truly, uh, uh, you know, spiritually see you repent. He said, so after that 70 years, you're going to start calling on my name. I'm going to visit you and you're going to start crying out to me. You're going to start asking for, 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 for me to do something about the situation. After 70 years, you're going to begin to realize that I have a perfect plan that you stepped out of so I had to bring you to this place so I could realign you with my will so that I can bring you back to the original starting point so that you could fulfill everything that I have called you to do. How many of you have ever had a detour in your life that God put there? And we can say, we oh, curse you, Satan, but sometimes it's God. I get tickled. There's a lot of times we see churches go through difficult times. They lose people or uh, you know, people decide to walk away and they don't come back and they don't have any reason for doing that. And there's a lot of people get bent out of shape over that. Well, why'd they go? Why'd they do this? Look, I'm going to tell you something. This is the house of the Lord. Amen? It belongs to him. I've shared that with you many times. It don't belong to you. It don't belong to me. It belongs to the Lord. And sometimes if we're not careful. We will build according to our plan what we got no business building. Why? Because Jesus said what? Upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates, he don't even trust us to build his church. He don't trust any man to build his church. He said I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I'm here to tell you there's a lot of churches rebuking the devil because they hear the sound of the bulldozer. And they think the devil's riding the bulldozer. It's Jesus on the bulldozer. Okay, you want to build a house. You do. And so you get a set of plans and you decide, I'm going to build this house and this is the plan I want. So you hire you a builder and you hand him that set of plans. A few weeks later, you ride out to the site and the builder greets you and says, how you doing? I want to show you something. We made a few changes to your plans. We didn't tell you, but we know it's going to bless you. We know you had the bedrooms on this side of the building, but we moved them to this side of the building. We know you had the kitchen over here, but we thought it would look better there. I'm married, and my wife said she liked it here, not there. What would you do? Well, praise the Lord. That's wonderful. Go on. No, you wouldn't. This was not built according to the plan that was our plan, the plan that we knew was the right plan. So you're going to do what? Knock it down. I'll drive the bulldozer if you need me to. But it's going down because you're going to build according to what we settled on. You would be that way. Yes, you would. And I would be. You're not going to be that kind over that kind of money. You're not going to be that gentle over that. You're going to say, I don't care if your wife has an opinion about our house. I'm not married to her. i got to go home with this one. Right? 
Let me just say this to you today. A lot of churches have built outside of the plan of God. What is the plan of God? It's His plan for His body. And we wonder why they go through difficult times. It's because, look, there's a lot of people saying, I rebuke you, devil, I rebuke you, devil. And you know what? God, Jesus himself, is driving the bulldozer. And he's saying, look, you built, your, you built on additions to my house that I never wanted on my house, so I'm going to knock it down so I can build according to the plan. He is not just the builder. He is the chief architect. I'm here to tell you how many of you want to see a church established that the gates of hell cannot knock down, the gates of hell cannot stop that it's going forward for Jesus. I'm telling you, God's got a plan. God's got a plan. He goes on in this particular verse and he says, so prosper where you're at. In other words, praise God where you're at. Some of us, we're going through some difficult situations in our life and God is saying to us, look, instead of cursing the darkness, praise God where you're at. Worship God where you're at. Begin to thank God for where you're at because where you're at is where He is making you and shaping you to be what He wants you to be, not necessarily what you think you ought to be. And there's a lot of us, we're fighting against God. We're saying, God, this can't be your will for me to walk through this. This can't be your will for me to go through this. And God is saying, if you'll just trust me, I am shaping you to be everything I want you to be. And when the time comes, I'm calling you home. When the time, and I'm not talking about heaven, calling you back to the original plan so that you can be the most effective you can be for my kingdom and my glory. I'm here to tell you, folks, I don't want to just get to heaven. I want to make a difference on that journey. And I can't make a real difference unless I'm walking in the plan that God has ordained me to walk in. He says, so guess what? If you think that I have forgot, here's where Jeremiah 29, 11 comes in. He said, remember, I made the plan. And my plan's good and my plan will prosper you. Quit claiming that verse in your situation when you don't even take on the fact that God puts you in exile for a reason. To learn of that's hard. That's hard. A few years ago, many years ago now, when I was, man, I was all over the place doing all kinds of things. In the eyes of people, it was, it was like, wow, man, he travels here, he goes there. And, you know, that's appealing to the flesh. I'm a world traveler. I do all this. I do all that. And it felt like God took me immediately. I didn't get any warning and he placed me on a shelf he placed me on a shelf and I got upset because I didn't want to be on the shelf I wanted to be doing what I felt like I needed to be doing but I want to share something with you God puts you on the shelf for a reason and that's for you to learn the shelf's not fun, but if we don't learn to praise him in our shelf time, we're going to miss the ultimate plan God has for us. Amen. Amen. Make the most of your shelf time. He goes on. He says, but why? Because my plans for you is to do great things, to multiply you in the midst of, of exile. He goes on after verse 11. He says, then you will call upon me. When? When you realize 
everything I meant for exile to do has come to pass. The plans he had for them was what? Exile. He says, I know the plans for you, and right now it's for you to be in Babylon. I know the plans for you, and right now it's for you to be where you're at, going through what you're going through. And look, during this time, he said, you got to remember, I want to prosper you. I want to, 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 for you to have a hope in your life. And my plans are not for evil, but they're for good. And then he goes on, after you do that, he says, then you will hear or you will call upon me. Once you realize what you need to learn on the shelf, once you realize what you need to learn in exile, he said, then you're going to call on me and I'm going to answer you. How many of you are ready for an answer from the Lord? Well, you better learn to praise him in exile. You better learn to praise him on your shelf. Amen. Because that's when he declares his goodness. God has plans for you that are sure and do not change. His plans for you are great. Israel's choices had affected them, uh, had effect on their future, just like your choices have effect on your future. Do you realize you can hasten God's plan for your life or you can delay it? Anybody found that to be true? You hasten it when what? When I'm obedient to the process. You delay it when you fight against it. God, I'm ready to see this happen now. And because we try to rush it, it pushes it further away. But when we learn to wait upon the Lord, amazing things happen. When we learn to have patience with God's process, amazing things will happen. The other day, my son Peyton on Monday night decided he wanted angel food cake. So... The ladies had their prayer thing going on here on Monday night, so I said, all right, we'll go to Walmart. I'll get you an angel food cake. Usually they got them laying around like doorstops. There wasn't one to be found in the whole store. So dad, being the dad he was and wanting to be super dad, said, we'll just make one. So we went and got some mix, mixed it up. I didn't have an angel food cake pan, so I just threw it in a butt cake pan. Next thing I know, me and Peyton sitting there and, it's like, you smell that? I smell that. It smells like burnt sugar. Well, it had overflowed, and it was like almost the size of the oven. <laughs> it was ridiculous. <laughs> and so Peyton's standing in the door with the box fan trying to blow the smoke out of the house. Literally like this. I thought we was watching an 80s movie, you know. If some of you got that. Anyway. So smoke's piling out of the house. Meanwhile, I get the cakes, throw something under it, scrape what I can off the bottom of the oven. We let it finish up, and it had went to some kind of normal. Then it don't want to come out of the pan. I found out Betty Crocker's a liar. Box wasn't what they said. So we finally get it out, and when we get through, we went from a cake this size to a cake this size. And I think Peyton ate a slice of it just to make Dad happy. You see, I rushed the plan. And the results were disastrous. And instead of the blessing that I should have had, I ended up with a, a small, miserable thing. Are you hearing me this morning? 
If you try to rush the plan of God in your life, you will never see the full results of what he has for you. And if you don't learn to praise him in the storm, oh my goodness. If you don't learn to praise him through the lean times, if you don't learn to praise him in this current situation you're in, instead of always crying sour grapes because you don't have this right now, I'm telling you, our God is faithful, our God is true, and his plan will come to pass if we'll just align our hearts with him. I'm here to tell you the plan of God was in action not when you got saved for your life but before you were you were even born he says I knew you when you were in your mother's womb and I had a plan for you then and our choices can delay the plan of God but I'm here to tell you if we will align ourselves with his will and say you're the potter I'm the clay do what you need to do to get me ready to be who you want me to be instead of what I've envisioned myself of being come on then I will be used to my fullest potential. No one knows their future. Each of us make plans without knowing what tomorrow holds. But that does not mean that we should not make plans. Come on. Stephanie's relieved. That does not mean that we shouldn't make plans. We should. But we should always consider our plans in the light of of God's plan. Is what I'm doing going to bring to fruition what God has for me? Is what I'm doing going to hasten or delay God's plan in my life? And Father, if this isn't according to your will, God, put a stop to it. Because I want to align my life with you. The fact of the matter is simply this. Your plans can hit a roadblock because of unforeseen events or mistakes or choices or even rebellion and sin amen in other words those roadblocks can keep us in spiritual exile that may be god's way of putting his putting or, or, or may be god's way of getting your attention amen i'll share a little bit of jim's testimony just a touch of it but he will tell you real quick it took prison to get him to a place where he would hear God. Did Nancy want that? No. Did anybody want that? No. But aren't you thankful that God used that exile <laughs> to realign your life? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Aren't you thankful God used that sickness to realign your life? Aren't you thankful that God used that disappointment of the job you didn't get to realign your life? Aren't you thankful that God used the, 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 the slips and the failures and all the things that the enemy formed to destroy you for his purpose and his good in your life? Folks, I'm going to tell you something. The enemy has a plan as well for your life. But God's plan will always supersede the enemy's plan when we allow ourselves to live Listen to the voice of God. I want to hear the voice of God as we move forward, church. I don't want to do things just because it seems right to us. I want to be like the church in Acts. I want it to be that we can walk away saying, it seemed good to us and the Holy Ghost. It seemed good to us in what God had in line. We feel like it aligned with the plan of God. I'm here to tell you, God is ready to rock this community with the power of God. And he's going to do it, not with people out here doing their thing, but with people who are aligned with the purpose and the plan of God. I'm here to tell you right now, it is not about you getting the attention or me getting the attention. 
attention or any particular church getting the attention. It is about God's glory and God's purpose going forth in this community. Who's ready to give Him what He deserves? Amen. Will you stand? That brings me to my last and final point. Don't try to force God's plan. Don't try to shortcut God's plan. Trust in His timing. Throughout the Scripture, God desires, God's ultimate desire is the redemption of mankind. It is for His people to have a relationship and an eternal life one day. God's plan is for you. It's the same as it's always been. That before you accomplish great feats for God, you must first, listen to me, you must first and foremost, before you establish any great feats for God, you must know Him in a relationship. You say, that seems strange, but I know a whole lot of people that try to do their work for God without a relationship with Him. They do. In other words, they look at, at different things as a job instead of a calling. What I do here is not my job, it's my calling. You hear? <laughs> Someone says, oh, I, I need a job in the church. No, you need a calling. <laughs> Anybody can do a job, but you need a calling. You need the Holy Spirit to speak to you. You need the Holy Spirit to, to, to direct you in what you should be doing. You don't just need a job. So many people, I just need a job. I just want a title. I just want something that I can say is mine. No, we need something that we can say is God's and God aligned us with it. Amen? Do not put your hope in this life. Do not place your hope in what you can do with your own hands. The situations you are in will not last forever. Oh my goodness. Somebody needs to praise God over that one. Whatever you're walking through right now will not last forever. Whatever place of darkness you're going through will not last forever. Whatever pain you're experiencing will not last forever. Because there will come a time when you will call upon the Lord and He will hear. Oh my goodness. And He will answer. And He will bring you out of that place. But until that time, do we have enough faith to trust Him that He's using it for His glory? Do we have enough faith to trust that God's plan sometimes is for me to be aligned back with it because I've went on my own? There's some things that we call biblical and we think are blessings in our life that are not blessings. There are things that we have aligned ourselves with that is not God's plan for us. Whatever God needs to do, His desire is to align you with what He has for you. Why? Because in ultimate, to see that blessing to its ultimate, that's what's got to happen. You have a hope, you have a future, and it's got a name, Jesus. So this morning, I, I just feel like, if you would, bow your heads for a moment. If you're in this room... And you don't know Jesus as your Savior. Well, I saw everybody come in and everybody knows the Lord. We don't know who, I don't know where your heart is. If you don't know the Lord this morning as your Savior, then I want you to slip up your hand.
and put it right back down. Nobody's going to point you out. Nobody's going to drag you to the altar. I just would like to pray for you this morning. If there's one in this room that doesn't know the Lord, doesn't know Jesus, I want you to raise your hand. If you're in this room this morning and you know Jesus, but your life is, seems like it's just spiraling out of control. It just seems like it's all over the place. It seems like you cannot find your direction right now. And you've been fighting and fighting and fighting and it seems like you can't accomplish anything. Maybe the, en- maybe the enemy seems to be having the upper hand in your life. This morning, if that's you and you're saying, Pastor, I'm ready to hear the voice of the Lord and I'm ready to praise Him where I'm at instead of waiting for the victory to come to praise Him. I'm going to praise Him in the storm. I'm going to praise Him in the difficulty. I'm going to praise Him in the hardship. I'm going to praise Him before I see the miracle of blessing come. I'm going to praise Him for the miracle that's coming. I'm going to praise Him for coming back to that place I need to be before I'm ever brought back there. If that's you this morning, I want you to raise your hand. I'm, I'm in a place of exile, Pastor, but I know that God is fixing to bring me home, but i got to trust him till he gets me there. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand this morning. Thank you. There's some others in this room. You know he's going to get you there. You know he's going to get you there. But right now, you're walking through some hard times. Right now, you're going through some difficulties. Right now, you don't really understand the plan of God for your life. I'm here to tell you, it is a matter of faith. It is a matter of trust. And if you are faithful and trust in Him, there's going to come a time when He's going to say, Stand up. It's time to go back. Stand up. I'm bringing you out of exile. Stand up. The pain is over. Stand up. The hardship is over. Stand up. I've got you where I need you to be. And now I can use you for my glory because you praised me in that moment of exile if that's you this morning I just want you to begin to pray right now and if you want to come to the altar this altar is open but if you want uh, right now I want you to begin to pray come on begin to praise him begin to praise him Begin to praise Him. Begin to praise Him in your storm. Begin to praise Him in your difficulty. Begin to praise Him when it seems like you haven't got anybody on your side. Begin to praise Him when when it feels like nobody's for you, but everybody's against you. Begin to praise Him when it seems like you haven't got a friend in the world. I've got news for you. You still have a friend in Jesus. Praise Him in the storm. We would like to thank you for joining us for our weekly podcast. We pray that you receive something from the Lord today. Please share your prayer requests and testimonies with us by emailing us at tryonhwc at gmail.com. If you would like more information concerning Harvest Worship Center, you can visit our website at tryonhwc.com. We would love for you to visit us in person sometime. Our services are held at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Children's Worship is during our 11 a.m. service. If you would like to give to the ministries of Harvest Worship Center, you can also do this by clicking the Giving tab online. Once again, we would like to thank you for joining us today, and we pray you have a blessed week.